Chapter 4 of The Fortune Hunter, a novel of New York Society by Anna Cora Mawat. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Kelly Taylor. O oh, love, young love, bound in thy rosy bands, Byron. Pray, Miss Walton, Aria, pray do not so quicken your pace, said Mr. Chadwick, a few moments after he and Miss Walton had left the house of the Clintons. Excuse me, I was hurrying home like another Cinderella, for the hour at which I was or at which I promised to return has already struck. Had we not better make haste? Must you then abridge a pleasure which I so seldom enjoyed, so long anticipated that of acting as your protector and being alone with you? said he in a tremulous voice. Aria replied not, but her step, perhaps unconsciously, became slower. More than a square further they walked in perfect silence. Aria, Mr. Chad, say Edgar, rather, have we not known each other long enough for you to call me by that name? To me it seems as though you had been a familiar spirit, ever since I learned to dream of a woman. You are the Egeria that, in my earliest youth, I pictured to myself, and thought I could love. The one being in whom I find my beau ideal, in manhood, and whom, therefore, I do love. Am I presumptuous in saying this? Have I hoped too much, because you invince towards me the same frank and affectionate manner with which you delight your friends? Was it all my hopeful folly when I fancied sometimes that I had awakened your, your sympathy? Nay, was not the word I have used, for I know how fully you sympathize with all those around you. I, you, dear Aria, will you not permit me to call you by that name? The timid glance, the moist eye a moment lifted to his, the trembling arm he held within his own. These spoke all that Aria's tongue refused to express. "'I have not then deceived myself,' murmured Edgar, in a voice tremulous with happiness. "'You listen to me. You do not turn away. You, oh, you have been all the world to me, and you permit me to hope that I am something to you. The thought of you, Aria, has been many anxious months, formed my whole happiness.' Do you believe it in my power to form yours? Will you trust it in my keeping? If I can always make you feel as joyful as now, my happiness will be so cured, half whispered Aria. You will consent then ever to remain near me and cheer my hours of solitude, ever to teach me such sweet and holy lessons of truth and goodness as I have already learnt from your lips, to give me some foretaste of that abode of future happiness, in reality of which only the existence of such beings as you are could make me believe, and what have I to offer in return? Edgar fancy he heard Aria breathe, Your love! But it was the expression of her countenance, rather than the movement of her lips, which conveyed the idea. 
I have only the wealth of the heart to lay at your feet, he continued, with a touch of humor which was natural to him. And that will not purchase house and lands, and all else that, if we had the fairy's wishing cap, we might desire. I am but a young student, with all the gold I may ever possess, yet disencumbered from the rough soil of my brains. But as I am now, even so was my father thirty years ago, and he rides his carriage to-day. I have health, and I hope ordinary abilities. Is not this all that a young man in this happy land desire? Some foreigner says that it is easy for an American to make a fortune when he has none, as it is for him to spend one if he chances to have one left to him. I think my prospects bright while Aria smiles, and should they ever be darker, her smile must brighten them still. It shall, it will, come the worst fate can send, that smile shall disarm her wrath. With you to protect, what incentive shall I have for exertion? And have I indeed secured myself such a lifelong source of joy? I can hardly credit my own happiness. Ah, Aria, will you never repent that you consented to become the light of a poor student's home? Shall I ever love him less? You question my love when you ask. I would soon as question, hush, speak lower, we are just home. Bid me a hasty good night. I am afraid that is Mrs. Lemming at the window. You shall not fear her long, loveliest and best beloved. Hush, hush, whispered Aria timidly. Leave me now, I beg of you. Adieu, then, mine own Aria, mine forever. Adieu, my dear, dear Edgar. She had hardly uttered the words before the door opened, and she sprang into the house. But they resounded in Edgar's ears when he sought his pillow that night. In his dreams they were re-uttered in the same tenderly harmonious tone. And when morning sun fell brightly on the placid countenance of the sleeper, he awoke to spring up, repeating to himself, Dear, dear Edgar! End of chapter 4